Pathway to Promise podcast with Dr. Brad Miller, episode number 96, The Gray Dance of Love, with author George Aramon. Hi, my name is Nicole Carlson. I am producer of Flip the Switch Facebook show, and I help high achievers overcome stress, anxiety, and overwhelm so they can level up in their business, with their health, and in their relationships. And Dr. Brad Miller will help you find your promised life of peace, prosperity, and purpose here on the Pathway to Promise podcast. You're on the Pathway to Promise with Dr. Brad Miller. Brad believes every person has a God-given promised life of peace, prosperity, and purpose, and that you must have a plan and a guide to get there. The Pathway to Promise podcast not only is your guide through the wilderness of depression and disappointment that stand between you and your promised life, but also brings you insights and direction from inspiring, successful thought leaders who have transformed their lives. Welcome to the Pathway to Promise. Now, here's Brad. Hello, good people. Welcome to the Pathway to Promise podcast with Dr. Brad Miller. It's just a great honor to have you join me today here on the Pathway to Promise, where we talk about things that matter, including things that impact the most important relationships that you have in your life. And I'm talking right now about your romantic relationships, particularly when your romantic relationships go south. You know what I'm talking about. I'm talking about a breakup of a marriage or a divorce or a breakup of a long-standing relationship that is devastating. We're going to talk with a great author today, George Aramon, who's going to be bringing us some uh, some insights about marriage and what and with his book called The Gray Dance of Love. We'll get into what he has to share in just a few minutes. Did want you to know here on the Pathway to Promise podcast, we're all about helping you overcome adversity, including things like divorce and breakups, by helping you understand a process in order to overcome adverse conditions and to understand that you have a promised life, a God-given promised life of peace, prosperity, and purpose. But you need some directions on how to get there, and we are here to be helpful to you in that process. I have a lifetime of of be having some positive input on people in their relationships as a counselor and as a pastor and deal with this in terms of a process I like to call the 40-day way process, which helps you move through adverse conditions in your life. And we have some helpful helpful information at our website, pathwaypromise.com, particularly some back episodes of our podcast and some other helpful things for you there including a free gift. So go over there and pick that up and we can be helpful to you. Pathwaypromise.com. Today, we're talking about the adverse condition of divorce or a breakup of a romantic relationship. You know how devastating that can be. This actually is a very common experience, isn't it? Very few of us have not gone through a very severe, dramatic traumatic breakup, which has impacted every other aspect of our life, our mental health, our depression, our physical health. People gain weight, they lose weight, they have stress, they have other physical things that come up in their life because that's related to the relationships. It impacts other people like our family members, our children, if they're involved. It can uh, be a factor in all kinds of things. 
if you don't deal with relationships, particularly the breakup of a romantic relationship, you're going to have a hard time functioning in this world. So we need to have some helpful things in that. Our author uh, guest today, George Aramon, had a terrible breakup in his life, and he could not let it go. It kept lingering and kept impacting his life, and he had to figure out a process, a means to work through that breakup and then move on to have other, to help to learn from that experience and to invest himself into uh, a new relationship. And he wrote this book called The Gray Dance of Love. And it's for folks to understand and to have an understanding about the inter, the intermingling or the inter, the, the, the uh, integration of the mind and the heart when it comes to relationships. He did an awful lot of, of research after he had this terrible breakup. He considers himself a relationship entrepreneur, an incessant researcher, an incurable romantic. And he has devoted himself to a 50 year vision to bring down the rate of divorce. That's a noble vision if I've ever heard one and to spread some needed love into this world. He wants to help that have to happen and he has done the research and the process and he shares it here in his book The Great Dance of Love and he shares it with you right now my friends here on the Pathway to Promise podcast. Author George Aramon of the Gray Dance of Love is our guest. Thank you for this beautiful message and warm welcome. Well, thank, to you. Be- thank you, sir. It's an honor. It's an honor to have you on the Pathway to Promise. Where, of course, we've shared we're all about helping people overcome adversity. And one of the greatest adversities that people deal with is the challenge of relationships. And that's indicated by the high rate of divorce and the high rate of challenges that people have. And and the popularity, to be honest with you, of books like yours and programs that have to do with dating and relationships. And, and uh, just, but I, I know that almost always when someone writes a book like this or has something to share, it comes out of their own personal experience of dealing with something that's uh, been an adverse or challenge in your life. So share with us a little bit of the story of what happened to you that gave you the uh, idea or the incentive to write this book. Yes, actually, three years ago, I was actually friend-zoned by my ex-best friend. And so I really wanted to find a solution. Of course, there was this one week of mourning where I was like playing the victim and trying to blame it on everyone and everything. And why me? And why this, is this happening? But then I, I reminded myself. I thought, George, you've been into the personal development world for quite some time. It's now time for you to step up and prove that actually you can do it yourself. So this is when actually my journey started and I read more than 200 books, more than 1,200 plus articles. I did an in-depth experiment and I put them all inside this book. So, so this is how it, how it went. This is how it so starts. You not only had your own broken heart or the own situation that happened to you, but you took some action and you got into the research big time. What was some, I, I know you came up with your own yeah. conclusions, but what were some of the things you learned from all this research that you did? There's a lot of things that I learned and, and I even added on top of it some stuff. So what I learned basically is that it's all about the great dance. It's all about not being purely masculine or purely feminine. It's about having a blend of both. We're both masculine and feminine, whether we're man or woman, irrespective of, of our gender. 
And for relationship to survive, for us to be happy in relationships, for us to find the, the right partner, it's important for us to be balanced and whole and complete from within. Hmm. So um, there are, of course, other, other important parts, such as having a fixed mindset versus having growth mindset. We, we today have a lot of issues in relationships because we tend to have a fixed mindset when it comes to relationships. And this okay. is very, well, let's very say exciting. more about that. What do you mean by a fixed mindset as opposed to the open mindset? Just break it down for me a little bit. What do you mean by that? Sure. So someone, for example, that has a fixed mindset uh, tends to see, for example, a, relation, a marriage, for example, as a goal. So, for example, uh, we're getting married and that's it. That's the end of, of, um, of my independence. Instead of looking at it as it like, no, it's actually a place for us to grow together. It's a place for us to start a journey together. So it's this whole dilemma where instead of having a fixed point of view and not being able to change, not wanting to change, um, this is actually the, the, the dichotomy between the two. So someone with a fixed mindset would be, okay, for example, I love to do this. You don't like it. That's fine. That's your problem. Deal with it. This is how I am. Okay. Yeah. And what's the opposite of that? What would be the counterpoint to that? Someone that has a growth mindset would be someone who would want to work on, the, on themselves, on their relationship with their partner, with the help of their partner, being vulnerable, being open, wanting, for example, okay, so for example, let's say uh, I'm jealous. So um, my partner made me, uh, made something uh, or something happened that made me jealous. A fixed mindset person would react to that and they would say like, why, do you, why are you doing this to me? Why is this happening? and start blaming and all this blame and victim uh, scenario. Whereas someone that has a growth mindset, they would come from a place like, okay, now this scenario happened. How can we, let's sit together and make sure that this actually doesn't happen again. What are the steps that we can do? How can we help each other out to actually move in beyond that? So yeah. this is kind of how, like instead of having me versus you, it's us together. How can we help each other and grow further together. Yeah. I hear what you're saying here, George. One of the things I do a fair share of in my life is premarital counseling. I, I'm a pastor, so I have married probably, I don't know, probably 300 couples in my career. And I always do premarital counseling. And one of the things that we talk about is some people say that, you know, when you, when you get together a relationship, it's 50-50. When I always like to share that it's 100-100, you know, we all integrated completely and totally. So it's not totally equal it's integrated and exactly. so that's part of what we're talking about here and that's if i'm hearing you correctly then the uh the fixed mindset would be kind of you know we are just uh uh this independent independent agents that are just happen to be together whereas if we are uh, in a uh, growth mindset we're we're in this together we're integrated together yeah so that, that that's awesome so tell me more about what are some it seems to me that you yourself when you had this situation happen you took the action of reading and studying and developing this process and, the, and you're involved with the self-development world. What are some pragmatic actions that you've learned, some bold steps that other than what you did that people can take when they have had a bad breakup or they've had a divorce or they've had something happen. And you, you said, maybe you have this time of depression for a week or two, but let's say you want to get out of that. What are some of the bold actions? So are some of the actions that people can take to break out of that, depressed state there are a couple of things that, that, that can be done the first is to move into action 
So by, right. by just sitting on the couch and blaming ourselves or life or the world or, or anyone else is not going to help. We, can, we should do that. There, there is, a, of course, a period of mourning, and this is important to allow our, our feelings to be felt. But once this, this time is done, it's important to start moving on, depending on the different scenarios that are happening. And so by action, I mean, for example, one of the first things that helped me a lot in the personal development was actually visualize a lot. So by visualizing, and there are different types of visualization, so you can visualize yourself already being with the partner that you want to be with, or you, uh, you can visualize the whole process, but it's also important to feel the feelings behind it. It's not just about having this picture. Prior to that, I would say what's actually very important is to know what you want in a partner, to know exactly what you want. Of course, I'm not meaning by, I'm, I don't mean to say like, what's the color of their hair or like if they're short or long, or it's, it's not about that. It's more about, okay, uh, I am someone who's spiritual, for example, I want to find my, I want my partner to be spiritual. So this for me is a, an important value. I am someone who, for example, uh, likes sports. So I want my partner to be into sports because it's important to have common values, common habits, common goals. Once you do that, you already have a strong base, strong foundation. And once you have all the list, the characteristics that you are looking for in your partner, Here's one thing that's very important to, to take into consideration. It's important to look at that list. And if you see that there's one of the, any of those that are actually missing in you, in order to attract your partner, you should actually fulfill this, this action or this value or this thing before looking uh, for it in your partner. Mm -hmm. Because you can only attract the partner who is at the same vibration that you are in. Okay. So I'm, hearing, I'm sorry, sorry, go ahead. Well, yeah. I just hear you saying that uh, you need to have an, some clarity about your own, about your own values, your own expectations of the other party. And that's part of the action that you want to take even, you know, as a yes. part of the process of attracting other people and exactly. clarity, about, clarity about your own life. And that's, that's awesome. I heard you yeah, mention, I've heard you mention there about uh, spirituality being important to some folks. And that's, uh, what, what role do you think, if any, do you think some sort of a sense of, uh, you know, when we talk about people falling in love or being in love and things like that, we talk about this, this sensation that is kind of beyond our, uh, you know, we talk about sparks flying, magic, I knew that type of thing. But I wondered if there is any kind of spiritual element of a, uh, a power beyond yourself that is involved here, or do you think that's a factor at all? Speak about that a little bit. It's actually a very interesting question. So when I first wrote the book, it was around 800 pages, and uh, I trimmed it down to around 300 pages. But I, there's a big part of it where that was based on spirituality that I actually removed. Because I felt that it was too soon for that, and I'm actually going to be writing a book more spiritual, a, a more spiritual book on love a bit later on. Okay. Um, and hence, for example, in my book, there's the spiritual chemistry, which I completely removed. Okay. Um, to answer your question, yes, definitely. Spirituality is very important. And um, so there's a lot of talks about soulmates, about uh, finding the right person. And all this is important. Mm -hmm. So, in order to find the right person for you at the same time, you need to be at the same vibration or the same level that they are in. 
And you need to merit, actually, your soulmate. You need to merit the person you're going to be with. Yes. And to merit that, you need to do the, the internal work within. Once you do the internal work within, once you're complete and whole from inside, you don't have this needy energy. I need to be with someone. I need to be with, 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 with this person. When it comes from a place of unconditional love, from a place of, okay, I love myself. I love everyone else. I'm good. I'm happy. I'm centered. And I don't need this person. I want to be with someone. This is actually when it comes, when it's good. This is actually the type of relationship where you can attract your soulmate. Your soulmate will only come when you come from a place of unconditional love, from a place of growth mindset, as we were mentioning before, when you're ready. And when you're ready, the soulmate will come. And this is actually, uh, it, we need to be spiritual in order to, to have this, this work because it does take a lot of work to do that. Hey, let me interject a term here that I think might be important for us to consider, and that's the word covenant in, the, in, uh, in many religious uh, uh, descriptions of good, healthy relationships. It's described as a covenant relationship where, you know, as opposed to contractual type relationship where a contractual is kind of, you know, I do this for you and you do this for me or covenant is where we agree to be in this relationship regardless. But as also covenant relationships, also often a, you know, a spiritual or a, a description of relationships as well. So do you think that, as you said, looking for your soulmate, would you consider that a way of having a covenantal type relationship with someone else? I would say yes. Again, it depends. So we're very different people. In, there are lots of people in the, around the world. There are people that are more spiritual than others. Sure. In general, like people that are not very spiritual wouldn't really want to be with their soulmate because when you're with your soulmate, they're going to be challenging you. And the whole point of it is for you and your soulmate to bring each other closer to, to, your, to your higher power, to whoever you believe in. Sure. And it's, it's actually very, very important to, to, um, to have that. Absolutely. So yes, a, co a covenant is important if we are spiritual beings and if we really want to challenge ourselves and be much more spiritual and much higher and, and really try to attain a different kind of love, not just the physical type of love, but more uh, to transcend actually and, and come mm -hmm. from unconditional love rather than you know, that, that deep abiding love that goes on a really deep level. Well, this is all a lot, a lot of, we use the word love a lot in this whole process. You know, we talk about, you know, finding the love of your life, your soulmate and so on. And love is all about emotion. And uh, just, Tell me the part that emotion plays in this and how it can be channeled appropriately, how it can sometimes be perhaps out of control or uh, not always helpful, the emotion of love, or how maybe the love, your history, your history of love, what I mean by that, how you experience love with your parents or other folks, how that impacts a new loving relationship. I'd just like you to speak about this, the emotion of love as it applies to finding your soulmate here. Sure. So there are two or three topics that are interested, interesting from the question you asked, which is a very interesting question. Thank you for asking. Uh, it's important to note that in general, we, we as, as humans tend to replicate our relationships that we had with our parents. So what we do is we, try, we tend to attract partners that are either emulate one of or model one of our parents in order to heal that relationship. So uh, we, we come from this place wanting to heal 
because what you tend to do is actually model one of our parents. And so we want at the end to heal this relationship and move forward. So this is the first thing that I would say. The second thing that I would say is, what was I gonna say? <laughs> so that's okay. that's okay, we can come back to that if you want to, but you know, yeah, we were just talking about love and how love is such an important emotion and how you, how yes. you, you use your, your emulate your relationship with your parents into this. But I would also like you to pick up on a little bit how this emotion of love is sometimes uh, manipulated in some unhealthy ways where it can be also been be used as a weapon, so on and this type of thing and emotions. It could sometimes be out of control. And, uh, I just like you to speak to the power of emotion and a, uh, the emotion of love in building this, looking for this soulmate. Okay. Um, thank you for that. Actually, it's important, it's important not to always follow our emotions. So I'm going to talk about two different types of, just to clarify the point, we have lust, which is all about the chemicals and all this physical attraction. And we can play with our hormones. Actually, I do talk about it in my, inside my book. How by, by playing with different types of uh, hormones like, like uh, noradrenaline or dopamine or oxytocin, just by playing around that, we can actually create sparks. We can create what people believe to be emotions, which are more like hormones playing. And we have the real or more unconditional type of love, which is more like I care about you as a human being, not just when, whenever the sparks are flying or whenever uh, I, I'm in the mood for it or whenever the whim gets in the way. It, it, so it's, it's important to separate those two. We can control the sparks. We can control the, the hormones. We can control all, all this uh, part of it. And at the same time, we can also be in control of, of the unconditional love, which is the more healthy one, which is the more beautiful one. Good, good. Well, that's part of what I'm getting at, because you, you mentioned several times in, in your book about creating the spark and developing these different uh, descriptions of the characters, the archetypes that you have. And it seems to me a lot of these archetypes that you have, I'd like you to get into that here in just a second, has to do with how we understand love, how we understand the power of love in these relationships. And so moving forward, then we have to find some way to, uh, I would call it a discipline. You know, we, we have to discipline our, relationships you know we have those times when we are emotional when we are you know passionate about our loved one especially when a new relationship starts but you know a lower love can also be that ongoing process of the everyday and the mundane as well but i'd like you to speak now about these habits or these disciplines or these ways that we live this out when we are looking to have sustained relationship and i think that goes a little bit into these various archetypes that you have. I'd like you to talk about disciplines and your archetypes. Tell us more about how you have understood uh, this relationship craziness that goes on with people. So please. Sure. So one thing that I would like to mention is that I used to be the Mr. Nice or the nice guy. Okay. This was actually what happened to me being friends owned by my ex-best friend. So what I did learn from all that is that by being too nice is not a good thing. I had to discipline myself to learn more about the other extreme. And being a bad boy is not 
what in general what women tend to like about bad boys is not uh, what people perceive bad boys what they do love is their own is their masculine energy it's okay. the high masculine energy and so this was actually lacking in me so i had to come from a place of understanding what's masculinity and what's femininity and embrace embracing both sides bring them both together it took me a lot of time to actually build the habits for example of presence to learn how to be present with a woman, yeah. be able to be vulnerable with a woman, and to be able to hold space with a woman. So those three are very, very powerful tools that can actually help a lot to be developed uh, for people that actually really want to have habits that will help them find love. Because once you are able to be present with someone, once you are able to hold space for someone and be vulnerable with someone, and most importantly, when you are present and hold space and being vulnerable with yourself, then this is where you can actually attract your soulmate. Good. So in this process, it seems like in these archetypes that you have, you have some extremes, you know, as you said a second ago, you had the nice guy and the bad boy. And that's kind of one extreme to another. But what you're advocating, if I'm understanding correctly, is something in between. You know, exactly. if you want to say the the good the the good guy is the light and the bad boy is the dark, you yeah. talk about this gray area, this gray the gray dance of love between heart and mind, and some sort of a balance. Yeah. Tell me how that works. How's that going? How do we apply this? How do we? Are there things that we can do to help this uh, to learn the dance, if you will, to learn the dance? Yes, thank you for this beautiful question. In order to learn the dance, we need, first of all, to know who we are. So we tend to be either mainly more feminine or more masculine in general, and uh, at a, in a certain dynamic or in a certain relationship. It's important for us to actually study or see how we actually act in a relationship. And uh, once we do notice that, we can know who we are, whether we're feminine or masculine. And once we do that, we know what we are lacking. By bringing, to, by bringing both sides together. So by keeping, for example, let's say I'm, I was feminine. I kept the feminine part inside of me, but I actually brought, to, brought together the masculine part and I merged them both together. By developing have, uh, masculine habits, this is how I was able to include it with other feminine habits and live not with one or the other, but include them both together and really move forward with that. Can you give us an example of maybe out of your own life or the people that you've worked with of uh, masculine habits and feminine habits that uh, let's just use the a man first that a man would have. And then maybe we took it the other side as well, but what would be some examples of this? So for example, uh, someone who's masculine loves the, what we call the man cave or caving time. Okay. And it's, so basically a caving time or a man cave is, for the person to want to be by themselves, to be disconnected from society, from, from, from their daily life, wanting to be, to recenter their, themselves. And this actually is very important because it actually hires the, the testosterone level in, in the particular person, in the man. And uh, so, for example, someone that's being very, very nice, in my case, for example, I, I wasn't aware of what a man cave was because the way I was brought up, I was brought up with a feminine father. So not knowing what being masculine was, I actually didn't have any model to look at, 
So once I actually learned what masculinity was, I actually embraced it and I actually loved it. So right now I'm really enjoying my caving times. So this is how I did it by, by slowly including it. At first it felt a bit overwhelming, like, and a bit guilty, honestly. I felt like, why? If, if it feels wrong to do that, I'm not used to that. And people, I want to be nice with everyone. I don't want to wait to answer the, this person. I want to answer directly. But then slowly, slowly, I started to build this habit more and more. And this is actually when it actually really helped me a lot. Now I can't live without my KD. So this is one example of how we can develop masculine habit, for example. Yeah, very good. Very good. Now, would you say, uh, just to kind of extrapolate out the point, would it be the same with women? They would have a masculine side and a feminine side as well in many cases? Yes, yeah. definitely. So the idea here is to, if I'm understanding you correctly, George, is to find the proper blend, as it were, between the, that the basically the healthy man in a relationship would have a appropriate blend of the feminine and masculine qualities and the woman in the relationship would similarly have a, a blend, a healthy blend of, of feminine, and, feminine and masculine qualities. And then their relationship would have some balance as well. Am I on track with what you're teaching here? That's very true. And it's also important to note that relationships are dynamic. So they, whenever the dance stops, so does the relationship. We're not going to always be in the gray area. We're not always going to be balanced between masculine and feminine. There are going to be ups and downs. But as long as we know where we are at, and as long as we are willing to work on it, as long as we have already come to a place where we're balanced, then it's easy to rekindle, to, to rekindle and go back and centralize ourselves together. And we can help each other out. So this is very important to note because many people tend to believe, okay, now that we're balanced, this is it. No, this is actually when the fun starts. This is when actually everything starts. Okay, great. So if I'm understanding correctly, you know, just, just to, you keep using it, the analogy of the dance there together. You know, you have some parties who lead the dance and sometimes the dance can be a slow waltz and sometimes you can be rocking it out and other times, you know, just some, in between, you know, a, a flowing romantic thing or whatever it would be. So let's put this in practical terms for a minute here, George, in terms of if I was going to uh, use your book as a way to help out a friend or a neighbor or a, a, a person who I'm in counseling with, I do my share of marital counseling. What are some things that, uh, in your book or in your counseling, you would say to a couple that's kind of in, uh, you know, uh, that's looking, you know, that's had a broken heart or a, let's just take a man who's had this broken heart or is looking for new things. What would be your guidance to that person? Uh, what's our next steps for them? What are you going to say to that person? And maybe you've had this experience where you've been able to be helpful for people. Maybe you could share that a little bit. Sure. The first thing I would say is it's important to mourn. This is the first thing that I would say. It's important to mourn, to take the time to understand what happened, to allow the emotion to sink in. And once we do that, it's important then to go and look at our relationships. In general, we tend to attract, to have a certain type of pattern in relationships. And we tend to attract similar types of or personas of, of partners up until we heal that part. So the fact that we, we were broken, heartbroken, 
it's because we have been attracting a certain type of person for a certain amount of time and we haven't addressed the issue. So if we, if we look back at our relationship patterns and we are able to pinpoint it, then we can actually work on that. And once we work on that, this is how we can really heal this part of ourselves. Oh, and once we are able to heal, heal this part of ourselves, this is when we can actually move on, draw our list of what we want, and then start visualizing, and then start attracting, and on and on and on. Very good. And the first step is to mourn and feel the emotions, and the second step is to actually look at the pattern of relationships that we have been attracting in order to solve that. Yeah. Have an awareness, and then do something about it. Do something about exactly. it. That, that's a good thing. Well, that uh, leads me to a couple of points I wanted to kind of wind this down a little bit here, but you do mention in your writing about finding the missing link, you know, and that relate that makes relationships magical. Mm -hmm. And maybe without being too much of a spoiler alert, maybe that's the big, uh, big uh, payoff for your book. But uh, can you say something about that? Maybe you already have here on our conversation, that missing link. There, there are two missing links, I would say. The first is about the, what's important is to be balanced and balanced from inside. It's very, very crucial to be balanced both in your masculine and feminine sides and really be healed from inside and come from a place of unconditional love. This is the first point I would say. The, the second point is actually that um, it's emo emotional chemistry. Emotional chemistry is very important and it's, also, it's important to, to, to look at it in a different way. It's not man versus woman or the partner versus the partner. It's more of coming to a place where we are both in a relationship together and not from two independent people. Because in general today, what's happening with all the divorce rates, all the, all the, the, the problems in relationships is that there a lot, there's a lot of ego. There's a lot of uh, conditional love, a lot of what, how can you help me and how can I help you and not us, there's no us, there's just me, 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 you, you, you. So it's very crucial and very important to come from a place of, of, yes, there's you, yes, there's me, but there's also us. So how can we help each other rather than fight each other and really move forward? And this is a very important concept that very few people are able to, to, to have, have, have grasped so far. Very good. Well, thank you for sharing that. Well, it's obvious that you are passionate about uh, responding to the high rate of divorce because that is a real indi indication that that these relationships that we're talking about here didn't always start off, whether they knew it or not, with the right dynamic. You know, there was an unhealthy uh, dynamic that goes in there. Maybe they weren't, maybe they just you, use your analogy of the dance. Maybe they weren't even dancing together. Maybe they're off in different corners dancing. They just, whatever. But, uh, but you mentioned here in your writing also about your 50-year vision. And that intrigues me because, um, you know, uh, a 50-year mark, I'll just use this as an example. Uh, if a couple is married 50 years, that's considered a phenomenal thing to happen. And uh, so, uh, you know, I've been privileged. My own parents were married for 60 years. And I have an anniversary coming up soon. I'll be married 28 years tomorrow. That's amazing. Congratulations. And yeah. Well, thank you for, for that. Appreciate that. It's a tribute to my wife, much more than myself. So uh, I'm trying to learn this dance myself. But uh, 
having shared that, I am really intrigued by what you mean by a 50-year vision, because that's a big vision to have regarding uh, dealing with divorce rate and, and healthy relationships. What's your 50-year vision, my friend? Yeah, so actually, um, it, like I was saying, it's a 50-year vision, and I actually want to take love and spread love all around the world from different facets and different perspectives. Uh, I'm going to start with personal relationships, but I also want to move on to actually uh, relationships and love in, in companies and then to take it to a step further in governments and really like really make something really, really big. Wow. So it's going to take some time. So you think we can start with interpersonal relationships and go to world peace, huh? Is that part of what you're saying here? I mean, you could say, uh, sorry, can, you could, you think you could actually start with the dynamic here. You're talking about an interpersonal relationships and that can be extended into the business world and even to governments and basically to the world peace and things like that. Is that fair? Exactly. Awesome. That is exactly. an awesome vision there. Well, you've got some awesome things going on here for you, George Aramon in your book which is The Great Dance of Love. Tell us how people can get connected with you, how they can find your book or find out more about you and the things that you have to offer. Sure. Uh, you can actually uh, visit the website, go to the website, www.greydanceoflove.com, G-R-E-Y-D-A-N-C-E-O-F-L-O-V-E.com. You can also find my book on Amazon. It's actually right now on sale. And... Uh, by going onto, onto the website, you can actually take the personality quiz, discover which of the eight relationship characters you are. And I can, once you take the test and discover who you are, I could take you on a step-by-step -step guide from where you are to where you want to be, whether you are single and you want to be in a relationship, whether you have been friend zone and you want to be with your friend, or whether you have been in a relationship for years, you've got the, lost the spark, and you want to rekindle that spark, I can help you there as well. Awesome. So if you want to gain some new spark in your life and your relationships, or if you have a broken heart and you want to gain some clarity about what you need to do to do next steps, or perhaps you're in a relationship that's being challenged, this sounds like a good resource for you. You've got the, on the, on the website, greatdanceoflove.com. You've got that going on with the, with the tool that you can use. And of course the book is available at Amazon. It will put links to all that at our website, pathwaypromise.com. We are pleased to have had as our guest today on the Pathway to Promise podcast with George Aramon, the author of The Gray Dance of Love. Thank you, George. Many thanks again to George Aramon, the author of The Gray Dance of Love. You can find that book at graydanceoflove.com. I commend it to you to go there and pick that up and find out more about what he is about as well and the various projects that he has going on. I want to give a few takeaways for uh, from that book, which I think might be helpful to you. Basically, there's some formulas. He did a lot of research, a lot of work on this area of relationships based on his own experience, but out of researching, reading, and uh, researching articles and books and papers and dealing with several people in person, including some personal friends that he had. And he came up with a formula, what he considers his success formula, which is combining your passion with a need for the market, that is a need for what you offer, and a need for you, your own personality, helps develop your success. And in that are four common denominators that George feels that all successful people have. And those are patience and perseverance, plus meditation, plus visuals, visualization, plus gratitude. And I think there are some good things to take away from that. 
And really, the, re the reality is, folks, a lot of us get stuck in relationships. We feel lonely. We feel burnt out. We feel beat up. Some of us have gone through abusive circumstances, and we've got to do something about that. So if you want to move through bad, a bad breakup and move into a new relationship, I, George, just encourage you to not give up and to connect uh, in new ways. Think about how we do this dance of love, uh, the great dance of love, as he calls it, between our heart and our mind, and to uh, to move forward in faithful, uh, to move forward in, in faith. That's what we're here to do here. The pathway to promise is to be helpful to you in all kinds of areas, including in things like relationships. We believe that every person deals with adversity, and that includes things like depression and uh, you know and and dealing with disease or even the death of a loved one, but it also includes things like divorce. It includes things like the breakup of a relationship and how we get through those things matter. If we can help you here at Pathway Promised, we want to do that. Go to pathwaypromised.com. You can find a free gift for you there as well as back issues of the podcast, back episodes of the podcast. Lots of great authors, lots of other great leaders who can speak into your life. We invite you to go there. My name is Dr. Brad Miller, here to serve you, my friends, who I like to call the good people. So until next time, my friend, remember to keep your promises, because there's power and a promise kept. Thanks so much for taking the Pathway to Promise with Dr. Brad Miller. As a subscriber, you'll be a vital part of the Pathway to Promise community. Visit us on the web at pathwaypromise.com. Until next time, remember to stay on your Pathway to Promise.